you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I'm your host, Janine Garner, and today I am recording this podcast from Canberra. I've arrived in Canberra to do a couple of days of awesome work, and whilst here, wanted to grab online the fabulous Michelle Gregory. Now, Michelle Gregory, I uh, have met, have known now for, for a few months, and we were talking over dinner recently, and as she was sharing with me her business journey, I felt that this was a story that needed to actually go a little bit further. Uh, Michelle Gregory is the founder and director of a company called Promotion Products. And in that role, she acts as the visionary, the coach, the mentor, and the strategist that is uh, building that business and absolutely scaling it alongside her husband. Michelle is passionate about acknowledging and celebrating the small moments in our lives that lead to insight, learning, and even big adventures. And we'll be exploring a bit of that during our conversations. As she says, uh, these moments and the meaning that we put around them affect who we are, how we see the world, and what is possible. Um, On top of that, she is also a mum to four children. Uh, She classes herself as an avid reader, a traveler, an observer, and a thinker. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Oh my goodness. Thanks, Janine. Thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to have, have you online. Now, let's just quickly go back to, to that, that introduction. Mm. And I'd love to explore what you mean when you say you're passionate about celebrating the small moments in our lives that lead to insight, learning and big adventures. Where did that come from and how powerful is it? Mm, uh, look, my um, my number one strength is actually connectedness and finding and seeing connections between um, in small moments in our lives. So, and I didn't sort of realise that until I got through into my life and, and having seen and heard Steve Jobs talk about um, in his commencement speech that I'm sure a lot of people talked about, about how little points along the way impacted and affected the outcomes that came in his life and for me it dawned on me I thought oh my goodness I used to say when I was growing up I want to be a mother I'll have four children I want to work for myself Um, I'll be married of course to have these children and I'll have my own business it was never in the same conversation but they were four themes that I had and now I look back and I'm like oh my gosh that's what I've done. And so it's, it's little decisions that we made to, to start a business because we thought that was the best way to support our family that led us into this path. It was a decision when I came home from um, hospital when I had to leave my eldest child in neonatal intensive care. And my husband and I at that point said, no, we always wanted more children. That will still happen. Yes, this business needs to be a success to um, support our family. Um, and, and it goes on to even, gosh, let's have a website. 
when we started right back in, in 2000 and it was sort of still a reasonably new thing. Mm -hmm. so, so just so that the audience can understand what your business is, can you quickly share a little bit about what you do and, and the scale of the business to put it into context? Yeah, sure. We um, sell branded merchandise. So that's market products that any company or organisation can do within their marketing journey um, to increase the brand awareness of any messages that they may have, increase connection with their customers and ultimately to become memorable. Um, we're online. We sell um, all over Australia is our market. Um, and predominantly our customers would, are actually women within um, the marketing or um, event management spheres and they're the ones that, um, per, that our people deal with. We have a team of 14 people within our business as well. So a good, a good sized team. Yeah, and you've got big visions, haven't you? The business is growing. You said the other day it's, it's almost... Mm. bigger than ever before and and that's requiring a brand new skill base for you and your husband Abs absolutely absolutely so this um our sort of growth journey and this was largely what we were talking about too started at the end of 2016 at the end of our year away and i'm sure we'll go into this more um we took 12 months off left our business in the care of our team lived overseas for a while and at that point we decided towards the end of that year yes we're jumping into this let's make a business plan let's grow our business and at that point we thought we'd like to double our size in terms of turnover by the end of financial year 2020 we're pretty much going to achieve give that a really good nudge by the end of this year so we've just updated again and said, okay, well, we need to push the vision out and on a little bit further to 2025. So that really is stretching us now in terms of our skills, in terms of our skill sets and learning. But that's exciting. So let's go back. Let's go back a little bit, back to the beginning mm. before the business even started. So what were you, what were you doing before you started this business? Mm. Um, well, before before we started the business, we weren't we weren't married, um, although we had um, we were engaged and were committed to being married. I worked for Virgin Blue at that as it was at that particular time. I was um, I was very fortunate to get. Um, into the launch crew at Virgin and working within the call centre um, there. Um, and my role was doing forecasting of um, call volumes and setting rosters and working with the team within the, the contact centre management team at that particular time. And I'll talk about what Douglas was doing as well because that sort of helps lead to where we are now. He um, was selling, he was a representative for a company called Australian Fine China and they sell commercial grade crockery into hotels and restaurants and hospitals and so forth. And he saw an avenue with the, the growing coffee market that was coming into being at that time in, in around 2000 to do branded coffee mugs to um, coffee companies. And so that was where he started. He thought, you know what, I'd like to do this just in this niche of coffee but quickly learned that there was so much more out there in terms of what customers and people wanted and we morphed into a promotional product company. 
Um, my role at that particular time was very much in the support um, ground. We got married soon after, we had our first child, um, Douglas and I was going to stay at home and, and look after her and take my maternity leave, but he then decided, no, I'm going to go into the business full time. So I had to return to work to um, you know, earn some money to pay the home bills while we built the business. And it wasn't just going back to work, was it? You, you touched on it um, a few minutes ago that your first child, mm. um, she wasn't very well when she arrived, was she? No, no, she wasn't. She, she needed, we didn't know it actually as when she arrived. Um, she was about two or three hours old when she ended up in neonatal intensive care. Um, and it took them a good portion of the night to diagnose that she had uh, a heart condition called a coarctation of the aorta that needed surgery. Um, but by that particular, by the time we got that diagnosis, she had lost a lot of oxygen to her brain. Um, you know, we had been we had been advised to have her baptized if that was important to us. Um, you know, so we went on that massive um, roller coaster ride that new parents do within that that age, that stage. Um, you know, I um, I talk about that. That's my Valium from God moment um, is one of the single most powerful moments of my life. Um, I, as all good lapsed um, Catholics do at this point, they sort of think, well, I better get in touch with a God then. And so I'll say a prayer. And I actually said a prayer along the lines of, if this, I don't know what's going to happen here, but if this baby um, does die, so be it. Um, I will be sad, but I will, I, will, I will survive in time. And almost as soon as I said that, and as I say it now, the same feeling happens, I get this wonderful tingling feeling all through my body. But what happened that particular night as well was I got an absolute certainty that came through that it's like everything is going to be okay. And luckily it, it did turn out to be the case she she is okay we, she had the surgery but that was an incredible um, it's a, it's an incredible well that I return to quite often in challenging times to remember that you know what well, I, I am okay and I can be okay but it was still a wrench she was four months old when she had to go back into um, full-time daycare um, as as I went back to full time work to um, to support the growth of our business, and how did you in those early days? Um, so your husband Douglas had a a a dream about building mm. business. At the same time, you had a four month old daughter, and you'd been through that uh, challenging moment. And then you also had to go back to work to um, essentially feed the family. How did you, what kept you going through that, that those early days um, to not give up, to, to support the vision that, that Douglas had? I think at that particular time, it was, it was just a belief that, you know what, we're all in, we're in this together. And the best way for our family um, to to go on this journey and to be successful is to actually just dive in and do this together. I think one of the things that came out of that for me as well was um, the ability to compartmentalise. 
I found that um, I could go to work, could drop Bria off at daycare, could go to work, work really um, well and successfully. And then at five o'clock, if I decided that that was the time I needed to go home to collect her, if I was still at work at five past or ten past five, I was completely useless by that point because I'd already made that commitment that that was my my mothering time and, and I needed to be at home. So I think that was also what, what got me through that, that ability to be all in one thing or all in the other. And then I quickly learned as well that I was actually a better mother for working and I was also a better employee for being a mother, I felt. And the business is how old now? How, how old is the business? Right now, here at 2019, we are 17 years old. 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm imagining that over that 17 years, it hasn't all been unicorns and rainbows. And <laughs> there's been various highs and lows throughout those 17 years. Um, can you think of a specific challenging time um, that you're able to share with us. I, I call them the favourite failures, um, where you look back now and you go, yep, that wasn't that most favourable time in the business, but as a result of that, we learnt this. Are you, can you think of a specific example? Yeah, one that Im immediately comes to mind was, was a stage when we were still just the two of us working in the business together. So I left Virgin by this stage. I was um, employed with Douglas and at that point I considered my work to be very much just a, a, a job within the business. Um, so he was the leader and I was the employee and, and that was my work. And at that particular point we'd um, received a large order. Um, I think member, memory serves me correctly at that particular point in time. The order value was around $60,000. Um, and we were really excited in our growth phase to be about this. Um, the company had paid us for it, which was great. And then we had placed the order for the products with a supplier that, that we used. And we paid them a deposit. And for their work, and their deposit was going to be around the $25,000. And they didn't ever deliver the product. So we had to, of course, refund the customer we didn't receive um, any product and then there was no, we couldn't get any of that money back either because they had completely disappeared at that particular point in time. Um, and, you know, and at the time that was, that was pretty scary for us. Um, you know, we were still young into the business. We were probably, um, you know, two, two to three years into the business at that point. And it was pretty scary, but we just took the view of like, okay, what do we know from here? What's our learnings from this? And I think that's really influenced our philosophy now with regard to the relationships and the suppliers that we do use. Um, we tend to focus on a, a very strong um, people that we have strong partnerships with that we get our products from. And, and having those strengths of relationships there gives us confidence that that we can provide product well for, for our, our customers. That's probably one of the big ones that stands out. Um, what, are, what are some of the choices that you've made, Michelle, over those 17 years that you think have made you who you are? Uh, just before we went online, 
you made a comment about uh, Douglas saying you've changed, you've become more yeah. this and you were going to own it. So mm -hmm. are you able to talk about some of the choices that you've made along the way that have helped you become who you are today, knowing that it's an ever growing process? <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? Um, look, I think at the, at, certainly at the moment, you know, the, the big choices that I make are around uh, people that I surround myself with um, and pe and learning that um, I and places that I look to for learning. So I, as I said in the introduction, I am an avid reader. So I do tend to read a lot as well as, you know, listen to podcasts and, and look at TED Talks, but it does tend to really be reading for me. And so I tend to, I'll, I will read I'll then um, join groups like I've joined with the LVD group to meet other women and have conversations with them about what they're doing and the journey that they're on because that's where I find that most of my insight comes from. I'll hear another person's story and I'll think, oh, gee, that makes me think of um, this that's happened within my life. How can I use how can I use what they've learned to help me through this particular situation that I've got at the moment? And that can be things with regard to um, recruitment. It can be um, around conversations that I have with the team. Um, it can be, you know, it can even just be interactions that I have within the home and my family that make me then think, you know what, this is also relevant within a workspace. I, I find that to while I can compartmentalise the work, the compartmentalising who I am across those situations is I can't do. I'm, the, I, I'm sort of the same at home as I am at work and flow backwards and forwards through. So I know I've digressed a little bit there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really just being constantly open and observing and listening and aware of see what I see in here and what the and how that makes me feel so the the biggest one of course is our trip to Spain um that's before we get on to that yeah next next question yeah uh, avid reader avid learner what's your favorite book mm. interesting or yeah you might have a few I don't know which one <laughs> you have to read this yeah I um at the moment, I'm reading um, Brené Brown's Dare to Lead and I absolutely devour everything that she reads for very obvious reasons and for all of the reasons that every um, everyone loves Brené Brown. Um, there's two books that I, uh, that I really love and they're not actually business books. Um, the first one is The Red Tent by Anita Diamond. It's the story of Dina. Um, and narrated by Dina and it, it talks of the women during tribal times back and her brother is Joseph, the amazing Technicolor dream coach um, and, and women and, and their, the way that they lived in there, them women being the keepers of stories during tribal times and that really appeals to me so I love that book. I also um, absolutely love Shantaram. Um, be, you know, just the, the vivid stories of, of India. Um, but, yeah, in terms of uh, this year, I've, I've read The Slight Edge and found that really interesting. 
Um, essentialism is another one that I've just read that um, I've found really powerful as well in terms of what is that essential thing? What's that one thing that if I can do that now, other things will springboard off that or the need for other decisions or other activities won't become necessary because I've done the most important and essential thing. So that one I've found really thought-provoking at the moment. Mm. So you've got four children. Yes. Who are, uh, how old are they now? Uh, 16, 14, 12 and 8. Cool. And you started to allude, and I'd love you to share the story, but a few years ago, how many years ago was it that you decided to go and live overseas as a family for a year and leave the business in the hands of your employees? Can you tell us a little bit about where that came from as something mm -hmm. you wanted to do? Um, equally, just share how old the kids were at the time because... Um, you know, I love I love the fact that you actually went in and did and did it, and and equally what what how you managed to keep the business going over that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we actually came to the decision to go in two thousand and fifteen, and the year that we spent away was two thousand and sixteen, and what we got to by that particular point was. A situation that um, we, Douglas and I, had been married for 14 years. Um, we'd been so incredibly busy doing our things with the business in terms of just head down, backside up, working so hard um, and working, raising the children, that we had each got to a point where we were starting to resent um, our, our own positions and also um, resent, we resented, the, I resented the business. Um, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying working. I resented the time that Douglas spent in the business. Um, he was resenting the fact that I had sort of, it would have appeared a better relationship with the children because I spent more time with the children um, and, so, and so forth. So we were actually, you know, at, a, at quite a crisis point within our marriage as well. And we decided that, you know, we before we um, would walk away that we would get some counselling and get some help and we were doing these counselling sessions and suddenly we just had this moment of like, you know, what happened? This is all just so hard. What happens if we run away? Let's let's just run away was, was I suppose, the overwhelming um, feeling. And we sort of spoke about it at this point and I could just as I, as I said it to him you know how about we run away and go and live overseas and we thought about it only for three we thought it would be three months first of all and within about five minutes we'd said no if we're going to do it it can't be three months it's got to be 12 months if you're going to do it do it properly and it was interesting because during the course of that conversation what I remember was a feeling of excitement within myself I also noticed that Douglas became really engaged within that. We also suddenly had a shared purpose that we both found interesting. And so we just, we looked, looked around and we um, had done some de decision-making between whether we would go to Italy, France or Spain. We chose Spain. We chose um, an area near Granada 
in Spain because that gave us access to skiing and the Mediterranean. Uh, it's um, a, a reasonable sized city, but it's not a capital city. It, it fit our lifestyle for so many reasons. And we decided that we would be up and off. And we also socialized in amongst all of this process um, with our team at work. So the team knew that this was what we were planning and that this was what we were going to be to be doing. Um, I'll talk, I suppose, a little bit about setting that up with the team um, uh, now in that we, we talked to them, they knew it was a plan, we, they were sort of aware as we were looking for houses, they were aware of our journey in getting that all together. And then once it became apparent that yes, this was absolutely going to happen. We, uh, all the, the things that we thought would be roadblocks in terms of what were we, what decisions would we be making about schooling? Could we get visas? Where were we going to live? Um, what about the language? All of these roadblocks fell away and we came to the realisation that it was like, oh my gosh, there's no reason why we can't do this so we're going to have to do it. And um, we got the team together and we said, right, we're going to go off, we're going to do this. We believe in all of you. You know your, what your job is and you're good at your job. There is, the way our business is set up, there is nothing you can do to destroy the business that we won't know, you know, that we won't know about um, and won't pick up early on. So what I would like you all to do while we're away is make the best decisions you know how to make. And if in looking back, when we come back or when we talk about things, because we will be online overseas and we will be around and about, if we look at things and say, do you know what, maybe we would do that differently in the future, well, we'll have that discussion and we'll do things differently in the future. But we believe in you, you've got it. And we let the team go with that at, at work. And interestingly, the, in terms of turnover, the business grew while we were away. Um, so it's a little bit unconventional. I think we didn't have somebody that we'd nominated as a manager. We didn't have a, a hierarchical structure um, with, within the organisation. Um, we, you know, asked the group to work together and ultimately they did. So good. Were there any issues over that 12 months? Um, there were, we did have one um, issue and again, this is, um, there was one issue that, that came in that um, we had a bullying allegation um, raised within the team that was here, two team members that were here. Um, and I look back on it now and I actually think it was good that we weren't here when that happened because our desire as managers, I think, would have been if we were here, we would have been, we would have tried to deal with that, manage that and resolve that um, partly ourselves as managers. Whereas being overseas, the very first thing I did was get in touch with an HR professional um, engage them, engage um, a person to act as a mediator and an investigator 
and we had that fully and fairly and independently looked at and in, um, and dealt with while we were away. And it happened, you know, and, and so that was, again, talking about moments that you learn things, that was a really huge learning for me as well, that sometimes you're best getting out of the way and getting the right people to deal, to do things for you and it will ultimately be so much better. If you had look back at that year, so when you, you took the, all four children out of school, mm-hmm. And um, as you said, they ended up missing a whole year of school. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't really suffered from that, have they? No, no, they haven't. They, um, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Well, so what I was going, what I was going to ask you is because there'll be people listening to this going, "Wow, you know, you walked away from your business, or you you lived in another country for twelve months, but your business." continued here and continued to grow you took four children out of school um what were what do you think that i'm really interested the key lessons that you learned as an individual and as a family and Mm -hmm. then maybe the key lessons two to three key lessons that you learned about you as a business owner and a leader of the organization through taking that time out Mm -hmm. okay so key key lessons for us uh, um as a family i think was that doing something like that and stepping out of our comfort zone to a place where we didn't know anybody. Uh, we de- we don't speak Spanish other than being able to order food and drinks, you know, so we weren't going to starve. Um, we had, to, we you know, we had to engage and meet people and um, we bought a car, you know, with a, with a car salesman who spoke Spanish and very little English, you know, that, that, made, that things are possible. Um, really, where you don't, where you think they should be very hard, that people are incredibly generous and um, do will will offer you help wherever they can. That as a family unit, doing things like that can really help you knit together and become and form a very strong unit. I also learned in terms of um, chil- the children and their education. Um, I. I absolutely believe that education is important. It is a vital part of everybody's life. But what I learned is that education comes in so many forms. And the the actual education of living and seeing the way another culture operates, talking about the history of that culture, we had conversations because it was 2016 around the... Um, presidential election in the United States. Also, Brexit was being voted on at that time and we were in Europe um, when that was happening. So we would have lots of broad conversations around these things. So for the children, they also saw um, Douglas and I deal with things that may have been even just a little bit tricky where we couldn't buy tickets for a train um, when we were visiting Germany but we needed to get on the train and what should we do here? Well, we're just going to get on the train without a ticket. What happens if we get stopped? Well, we'll explain it and we'll buy tickets then. It will all be okay. It it put our children in the way of seeing us manage and deal with situations that we hadn't experienced before and to show them a framework of how they could deal with and, and, and manage things for themselves. Um, in terms of, of a business leader, really I think the, the 
biggest part has been the belief and trusting in the people you have around you, um, giving them and, and believing in their ability to, to achieve something and, and to do their work and to do their best work and then to, if conversations are needed, to, ha to have them and to be open to those conversations and learnings that, that come from there. You know, I, I really think that's probably um, the best way to empower people is to actually say, do you know what? No, I believe you can, I believe you can do this. I believe in your ability. You know, go, do your best, and then we'll evaluate afterwards. Um, I, I strongly believe that in general, um, people do not turn up to work or, or don't turn up to work, don't get out of bed in the morning and their feet don't hit the floor and they think, oh, gee, how can I stuff up today? Mm. It just doesn't happen. So that, they're my big things that, that have come out of that. What do you see in other businesses from that experience that you've had from the uh, significant growth and continued growth? What mistakes do you see other people uh, making that you would love to be able to help them on? Well, look, that's a good question and not, not one that I've actually, I have to admit, I've ever really thought about um, but before. Um, I, I, also, I also believe that people um, make, they do the best that they know how to do. And so while um, with more knowledge and, and, and more learning, we might look back and say, oh, gee, that, you know, given what I know now, I would do that differently in the future. Um, it doesn't mean it will, you know, it, it doesn't sort of mean it's a mistake. It, you know, this is, it, it's, the journey, it's the doorway that we have to go through to, to get to the new, the new learning and the new. So my, yeah, if... My biggest thing would be is to, to say to, to people, you know what, just always be open to learning and different possibilities and, and, and different ideas. And that's really what I try and um, try and model, for, model for myself and recall for myself. And, and sort of it's like I, I actually, I don't have the answers. I quite often have more questions <laughs> than, than actual answers. And the questions then lead me to think, you know, oh, what would I do in that situation or how should I deal with that? That's and right. then, yeah, it's the feeling then that in trying to, in trying to answer those questions, which, which answer or which perspective makes me feel more comfortable, feel more settled, feel more um, at peace with moving forward? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's do that and, and we'll take the next questions as they come. Yeah, that's great. Um, Michelle, who's who's been the most influential person in your life and why? Hmm. The person that, that, that I'm, uh, immediately comes to mind um, at the moment is actually my dad. Um, my dad, um, he passed away at the end of last year um, and that's possibly why <laughs> um, he, he comes to mind. But dad, my dad was, he was quite, he, he's, he had this saying that he would talk to us about. He'd say, you know, 
always have your eyes open and your mind open. There's nothing worse than having your eyes open and your mind shut. So he was a great one for looking, you know, observing and looking at the world and, and, and really seeing it and thinking about what that meant, you know, for you or for the wider community or, you know, to, to look beyond the surface. And, and that's something that I really carry that, that has come from him and I think that's been a huge influence. And he was always... Um, he he would always ask us, he'd say, you know, you never let me buy into the business. Can you let, you know, I want to buy into the business. And we would say, no, no, Dad, no, you can't buy in. And um, he said, why? Why won't you let me buy, you know? So and, and, you know, and I would answer him as best I could at that particular time. Um, but we were like, you know, we're, we're proud of what we've done and, and we're, we're doing this the best way that we know how, and he was always a passionate supporter of that, mm. and um, and and I think that's been a huge influence on me. And if you could, what would you like to say to him now? Oh, I, I if I saw him if I saw him now, he would um, he would say, "Oh, good day, princess," because that's what he would always say whenever I phoned or mm. or um, answer, you know, answer. And I would I would probably just say, you know, good day, dad. We're, we're doing okay, you know, and um, thank you for everything and I'll see you, I'll see you, when, I'll see you, see you when it's the right time, you know, yeah. Um, very, yeah, very comfortable. Oh, that's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Michelle, it's been an absolute joy to, you've actually, yeah, I've got a little tear in my eye from that last bit. Um, it's been an absolute joy to, to chat to you. Um, I think there are so many learnings in your story of which we've only, you know, been able to touch on a little bit in this podcast, but thank you for sharing your journey. I love the, the um, piece around, obviously you're, you're very careful about who you surround yourself with and the, the need to constantly learn and be open and observing always. Um, I think your story about taking that year off um, is incredibly brave. Um, and what I hear in that is not just the bravery in making that decision, but also following through with it and trusting that things would be okay. And what you showed through that act was that actually it enabled you to create more, which is, which is pretty pretty phenomenal and and the learning really around getting out of your own way I think there's many of us that are our own worst enemies and we stop that energetic flow of business decisions of finances of, of innovation but if you can get out of your own way um, everything is possible and your piece around the connection that that human beings that people are actually generally incredibly generous and we have to say a big thank you to to your dad because um that advice around um there's no point in having your eyes open if your mind is shut is is incredibly wise as we close off um michelle um i'm curious people are often people are often asked what do you want to be when you grow up i'm curious as to who do you want to be remembered for <laughs> um I think I, this to me sort of talks to legacy piece um, and I'm actually, I'm not in charge of my legacy. 
Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe I'm what I'm in charge of is my intention and the way that I turn up and and the, the conversations that I have um, people anybody that I meet or any conversations that we have and and people that listen to this they will hear different things from me that will resonate with them based on their position in their point in time in life and what they're doing and they'll take that learning away and that's the legacy of this conversation so um, I find that and I think to actually be remembered in any way like that would be is a huge honor so the, the best way for me sort of really to answer is to to say you know if somebody says after a conversation that I've had with them or an interaction, if they say, do you know, I met with this this woman or I spoke with Michelle today and, gosh, we had a really good and interesting conversation, that is an incredible compliment and, and I'll take that. That's great. Michelle, it's been an absolute joy to chat with you and to share your brilliance. Um, thank you so much for your time and I can't wait to see you again. Excellent, Janine. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.